Oh, well, hi there. Hello. 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 It's the best friend. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> I was almost going to say getting juicy. Oh, my gosh. Pardon my what? Pardon my, huh? Yeah, that's our, our um, I was going to say old podcast name. We'll say that was our original podcast name. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome to Pardon My Mind. Wow, your lights are having a light show right now behind you. Too much? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that we don't like, have any any visual um yeah no here. i'm just like wow they're beautiful but it's uh let it's me definitely... find something that's a little bit more subtle <laughs> um how about that they're beautiful but love i love it love Anyways, it love that it is mono- monochrome mint i love it oh it's beautiful thank you um so much. just like you thank you okay oh, darling so darling darling have. Uh, it matches matches your drink. I know. Look at that. Um, so let's get let's get right into it, people. Mm-hmm. Um, after you know, we just you know talk about whatever everything about our yes. lighting, about you know, we're just totally we're that real and raw. Um, we have the wonderful Tobias Picker on our show today. Yes, we so do. Tobias actually is a composer. He's a pianist. He's a conductor. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, f- I know he's from New York, um, New York City proper, I believe, but I'm not sure where he's living currently. Um, he could be in Boston, I think. Mm-hmm. Boston. But on all the re- the reason why I say that is because he has a new opera um, called Awakenings, and Awakenings, if you at all are um, a movie buff or you enjoy reading, you might actually recognize that name. So Awakenings, which um, the movie actually from 1990, I watched it last night. So the movie Awakenings, I just didn't have time to read the book. Um, I'd love to read Oliver Sacks' book because that's what the movie was based on. It was based on Oliver Sacks' not just book, but really a memoir about his um, experience in the late 60s, I believe, he mm-hmm. is or was um, a doctor, a neurologist, and I really hope I don't butcher this, and I hope Tobias can um, clarify these things for me, but somebody that actually discovered um, a unfortunately short-term treatment. I don't want to ruin the movie or the book for you, but I'm going to. It's been a long time since they came out, <laughs> but developed a short-term treatment or discovered that there was a treatment that was short-term for a um, an illness that was caused early in the like 1920s. There was a, an epidemic of something called the sleeping sickness. That right. was it's it was coined the sleeping sickness. The technical term for it I can't recall, um, but basically it pretty much puts you in a catatonic state for a lack of better terms um and this this treatment that he had and it's the film talks about it too allowed the person to pretty much essentially come back to life and and you know that's where the awakening title comes from hmm. um but unfortunately wasn't a long-term uh treatment or a long-term cure i should say sure. so um yeah opera based on that on um, unbelievable book i had a lot of tears last night from watching the movie again i hadn't seen it in years um Mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful um not just a story but a real life thing that happened and um uh tobias and oliver actually were friends so that's what's so fascinating to me um 
Mm. I don't know how they met. That's how I'd like to, I'd like to know that too. Um, so back to Tobias, he, he and Oliver Sacks were friends. They knew each other very well. Um, I know that Oliver, Dr. Sacks helped um, Tobias with some, some things that he was struggling with. And um, I am, I hope that he's willing to talk about those things because, you know, here and I aren't necessarily in, um, well-versed in opera <laughs> at all no. um but we all no. we are well-versed in mental health and yeah. um i know that you know a, a lot of i feel like a lot of the pers- personal life of tobias um he's he does talk about his own struggles with with certain things with mental health and you know hope we can dive into some of that mm-hmm. um but uh anyway this opera is brand new and it's being um, premiered in Boston, which is why I said Boston right. um, looks like on the 25th of February of this month. So oh, we hope yeah, to get this so episode soon. out before then. And yeah, premiere, um, really, really exciting stuff. And I just really look forward to talking to Tobias. He's he's also Jewish. Yes, he is. So there's that commonality. Um, and just seems like a very fascinating and very um gifted individual so yeah we're just speaking with tobias yeah it should be popping on any moment and coming to us th- three hours ahead of our time so we're what already recording at like quarter to seven yeah so he's popping on at like almost 10 p.m we can't thank our guests enough who do this for us um, yeah, totally it's such a gift come from time different time zones right right such um, a gift. i know so are you familiar with i mean i know and i'm curious I actually would be curious to know, I know, unfortunately, Oliver Sacks is not with us anymore in this realm, but he, I wonder if he was happy with the movie adaptation. Hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, that's something that's not really, doesn't have to be relevant to what we're talking with Tobias about, but it's right. just such a great movie. Like I said, I watched it last night for the second time, probably ever. And, oh, it, it just, it gets you right in the feels. Mm, I love getting in the feels. Right in the feels. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is a huge bottle. I could say it's as big, big as your head. Bottle. I know. It looks like it literally looks like it's as big as your head. Is that just an illusion? Okay, no. <laughs> Sorry to buy it. Sorry, people that watch this back and this is us. Not the TV show. This is this is us. Um, sometimes we that's have. The, that's the subtle expression. It is of what the I subtle. I know it's true. I mean, on the like, scale of one to ten, for me, that's like a like a point five. And I think I know, but I think that's kind of <laughs> you know, life. We have some of these more serious or somber topics, but hey, you gotta mix in the giggles with the. You gotta bring you know, some humor into it. Yeah, you, you gotta I was bring the giggles in. with the guilt. I love that. You got to bring in the absurdity. You got to bring in, I like folks who are watching who might not know who the hell I am. I am the absurdity of everything and mm-hmm. take full pride in it. You can mm-hmm. throw tomatoes, you can throw matzah at me, whatever you want. But like, I will say matzah for meal you, or matzah, matzah, hard matzah, whatever matzah, resonates like, with you in that whole yeah. category of cardboard <laughs> and unleavened bread. Mm-hmm. But Kathy Griffin would always would say, you know, I'll <laughs> say it for you. And that is something I live by. I will say what others will not say, however it comes out for better. True. And worse. I'll just be there with the facial expressions, the reactions. 
I know. I think all we have the enough for a second video of that now. It's probably another enough. reel of my reactions to to you. Because um, Rachel yeah. has all the time on her hands to do that. Yeah. Are you <laughs> right? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but uh, how are you doing? Because last time we recorded, uh, all hero, not all he was doing, but he's doing a lot of yawning. Are you? Mm-hmm. Are you? How are you feeling? Well, I'm. You tripping. seem like. I'm tripping. You're, trip- you're tripping? I'm tripping in the sense of not what that word means. But I'm like, explaining I don't it. think you've ever had a trip in your life. Well, I, mean, I think that we sense. had a trip before. <laughs> na- yeah, not in that sense. Unless if I was in a float session or extremely caffeinated, which I have been once. Yeah, like, is this what it's like to be buzzed? But Oh, you're so cute. Uh, I try, I try. Thanks. Okay, but why, sorry, back to why, why do you, why do you use that term tripping? Oh, no, 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 no. I said it, I said it, the, I know what it actually does mean, but I, I said it because I was saying to Rachel before I hopped on that I was setting up, I just got home from work and I tripped over the wire that connects my ring light from the power outlet. And so as I'm like getting it set up, I'm so careful not to trip over. Sure enough, I trip over the wire, my entire wall socket adapter comes out everything unplugs i'm like god damn so now i've got this that- lovely halo around my face that's supposed to go up and cover my ring light right here but it oh, actually looks really good yeah the light so the light's still on that's so on thing so works oh so you're just gonna blind yourself it doesn't actually feel that bad because it's oh, actually good. facing directly at the wall instead of down toward me which normally mm-hmm, it does so it's mm-hmm. we're, we're fine okay we're chilling. okay we're chilling as my friend says we're chilling that's funny. Well, not. F- I'm happy that you didn't hurt yourself because he texts oh God, me like me seconds too. before he pops on. I just tripped over a wire and fell, and I was like, "Are you okay?" But then I was expecting. See, yeah. this is you know what we perceive. Like I was expecting you to be ugh, like that, but you're like, oh, not you're not ugh, you're, oh. So that's. I didn't care about that's myself. Good. I was like, my ring light better be working. <laughs> And mm-hmm. thankfully it is. Thankfully mm-hmm. it is working, which is mm-hmm. great. And if you want to take some memorabilia, you can take the one and only fresh ring light from all the recordings in the last two and a half years. We'll sell that me. on eBay. Yeah. I for... could have picked that cat in the clock. Oh my God. That is funny. I don't think, where is that from? That's from the eighties. I think it's from in orig- way originally. Back in time. Yeah. Way but back in exactly time. That's exactly what I, whatever. Way back in time, folks, way back to the eighties, yeah, you know, where hero, hero was not alive. No, and Rachel was my <laughs> age. Oh, that's funny, Hero. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Tobias. Hi. Hi. How are you, How are you doing? Very well. Very How are you good. Doing? Thank Great you. Great to have you. You've got Biden in the background there, I think. Oh, should I turn that off? Is that going to be just? <laughs> no, it's okay. You can keep it just... on. No, no, it's just funny because like I can tell it's funny because I can't actually his face isn't in the camera. It doesn't look totally um precise, but all I can see is a white face and a blue, <laughs> well, <laughs> blue blazer. It's he's giving a very good speech. Oh, see us Canadians. I didn't know. Oh, you're Canadian. We are Canadian. Yeah, 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 exactly. And just just so you know, because we like to tell our guests this right off the bat, we are recording right away. We kind of roll like that. We're pretty raw and and natural. So I just thought I'd let you know. So you know, be careful with what you say at this point. <laughs> okay, maybe I maybe I should turn on turn that off because it's distracting. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So convenient. Very convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, we have to say because we said before you popped on that we are just so grateful that you're joining us from your time zone because I know it's almost. 10 o'clock at night where you are if that's if i'm correct where, where are you in the on the west coast 
West yeah, Coast, we're in, uh, British Vancouver, Columbia, Canada, yeah. Vancouver, and Vernon. Okay, so, yeah, Pacific and, Standard Time. And um, to tell me a little bit about your podcast. Oh, okay, Hero, take it away. I'm yes. just I'm, I'm putting him in the spotlight. Yeah, go no, for that's it. fine. Of course. <laughs> so our podcast uh, is really focused on sincere, candid, and down earth conversations that regard mental health and everything in between of lifestyle. Depending on our guests and their comfort level, gender and sexuality, um, and lifestyle culture between that those two intersections of pop culture and media and professional and personal lifestyles. And so really allowing our guests to show up authentically as they are and to know that there's no agenda, there's no ulterior motive other than learning about who they are and what they wish to share about themselves in ways they might not have a chance to in other channels of media that might be more curated or more directed. That that says a lot. I just, I'm just looking for, I can, excuse me one second. No problem. (laughs) All good. Wow, well, that plant looks like looks like it's growing sideways. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not uh, real. <laughs> oh, the plant's not real. No, I'm, oh. just, I'm just visiting Boston while we rehearse. Okay, uh, that's what I was. Boston. I live in New York, so okay. So that just answered my question. I was wondering before because I know that you you hail from New York, but I wasn't sure if you were living in boston now but it's because the premiere i'm staying there through the yeah through the um rehearsal process yeah exactly yeah so i mean just to just to um echo a little bit what hero was saying you know it's interesting because um originally our podcast name was getting juicy like a jew j-e-w because we're both jewish as well so we were actually having a lot of so so am i yeah i know i and we know that (laughs) how do you know that um, we, we well, don't have a little I bit haven't made a big deal out of it, but I'm, but uh, have I? I don't know. No, do you know why? It's because um, the person who put us in contact with each other, April, actually, because she knew about our backgrounds and she, I think she actually might have said something. So that was the only, because it's just like, just to have that connection perhaps. But yeah, um, yeah we, we realized, you know, we're here when I come from our, we've, dealt with our entire adult lives with a lot of mental health um challenges let's just put it that way and so we we like to have guests on who um i guess have powered through their challenges and and created something like like you've created with your life um uh and been able to speak to people um through such a clear beautiful lens so you know i just uh it's interesting because actually last night I actually rewatched the movie Awakenings because I haven't read the book yet, but I rewatched, rewatched the movie and just it completely brought me to tears again. Um, how close are is the memoir of the opera? Right? Yeah. Well, I, I wish. I wish I was a little closer. Oh, I yeah. So, so with that the, being the, the singers are in tears at the end. Oh my gosh! Oh my very, gosh! It's very moving, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So how close is the, well, first of all, how close would you say the adaptation of, of the book into the movie was, or even through, cause I know you were friends with Oliver as well, or what he thought. He, he approved of the script. It was, it was a, he, he liked 
he liked adaptation. He liked others to adapt his work into different art forms and media. So he was respectful of their choices. He disagreed with one choice that they made so strong, strenuously that they abided by his wishes in Mm. one case. Um, But you see, they adapted a, a book of basically case case histories and um they created a path for them a, a story and they mm. chose characters to to um portray. they weren't all exactly as they were in the book um and so our 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 characters are to some extent composites but um it's a, we have a we have a different take on the cool. on the, the book than the, the film did. We okay. frame it we frame it in the in the tale of Sleeping Beauty because oh, okay. Oliver would refer to the patients as as Sleeping Beauties, um, and that whole notion of awakening after a long sleep so it was irresistible to do and so it begins with the the, uh the tale the chorus telling the tale of sleeping beauty based on the Grimm's version okay not not disney yeah 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 (laughs) yeah i know a lot more severe right i don't know i don't recall that Grimm's, but i do know like you know cinderella they what they cut their toes off or you know there's there's definitely So yeah, there we could go. We could do old podcasts on that, but I mean, the, the, the it, sleeping beauty was it just it wasn't just sleeping beauty who was the curse was put on for a hundred years that to sleep for a hundred years. It was every it was everything in the castle the the king and the queen, uh, yes. the fire in in the in the on the stove that flies on the wall everything was frozen in time for a hundred years i you know it's all metaphorical and and it's just it's kind of a very we have a very poetic approach there's also a subplot uh of uh three gay men because oliver sacks came out when he was 82 just before he died in his autobiography Oh, so wow. late in life, I knew that he did come out. I didn't realize it was that late. Wow! Yes, the year that the year he died, and in his the autobiography wow. on the move. So we included the Oliver that I knew. I mean, I, I, he was in the closet though until then officially, and mm-hmm. when they made the film thirty years ago. Um, so it's it's really more true to who he who he was and he, and mm. we included his, the story about how his, how, how his mother shamed him for being gay when he was, when he was, uh, he'd just gotten into Oxford and wow. terrible things to him. And so it's, it's, um, wow. It's, it's true to life. And one of the patients, Leonard in our version mm-hmm. is gay, but he wakes up, he, he doesn't have, heterosexual impulses that he wants to that he's been you know frustrated he couldn't enact his whole life he he's attracted to nurse rodriguez who's a male nurse wow. and 
Um, yeah. he's very attracted, and he's and he's been very attracted for years, but unable to do anything about it. And then he can walk and talk, and he he wants Nurse Rodriguez, but Nurse Rodriguez doesn't want see him that way. He sees him as a patient, and that's it. And and Nurse Rodriguez uh, is. Is kind of in love with Dr. Sachs, and Dr. Sachs is oblivious. At that point in his life, in 1969, he, he was oblivious. And uh, yeah. in the end, uh, the, Rodriguez tells him, I, you, you, you did such a wonderful thing for these patients, awakening them to life again. And, and, I, and I, I saw you, I, they're happy, in their happy moments, you awakened too. So he has an awakening also. Himself, and, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Can you, now, you are more than welcome to tell us as much or as little as you'd like, <laughs> just prefacing that with okay. my next question. Um, I'm just so curious to know about your relationship with Oliver Sacks or how how did you meet him? When did you meet him? Well, we met in the early 90s. Okay. Through, uh, through a mutual friend. Um two mutual friends one of them the first no opera i wrote was was based on a novel by uh judith roster who wrote looking for mr goodbar which was a very famous film in the 70s she wrote the mm. many books but um and my i i based my first opera on one of her books called emmeline and we became very close friends and um i i, I wanted to meet oliver Sachs because i I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed very late. Uh, they didn't know in when I was a kid. Nobody knew what Tourette's was, mm. even in my twenties. So a neurologist told me, "Yes, you have Tourette's," and so I wanted to. I wanted to meet him and talk about my Tourette's with him, and and we were introduced uh, by a, a friend of a mutual friend of theirs who who was the um, model. For Robert De Niro in uh, in in the movie Awakening, and that and that's how I met him. I gave, uh, we gave a little dinner party, um, and he came. He came. Oh and, wow! Uh, and we became very good, very good friends. He came to my operas all all over, and he, he became very um, very interested and enamored of my music and. And I admired his writing, and he made me feel it was okay to have Tourette's, which was something that was very hard to grow up with, and is yeah. today still, but even harder then because nobody knew what it was. So I was shamed right. constantly right. on a daily basis and thought, uh, and it, it was very damaging. So he helped it take away some of that pain. Um, and, and, and I, uh, I really loved him. He was a great man and yeah. a great humanist and and an artist too, a great a great physician and observer of phenomena, neurological phenomena. But his art, the way he wrote was so artful. I used to tell him, "You're an, you're an artist," and he would say, yes. "No." He was very shy <laughs> and self-effacing, and uh, but he was. And I saw uh, as the art in his writing spoke to me, and I wanted to. I wanted to do something musically with it, and um, for a long time. And he suggested making Awakenings into an opera for about twenty over twenty years ago. Wow. And, oh my gosh! Um, so it took wow. a, it was a long journey. First, it was I made it into a ballet, 
uh, that was commissioned. I read that. And then yeah. uh, this, this opera is completely unrelated to the music in the, in the ballet. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, yeah, we, we, um, in a way I merged him with, with my music. I wanted to put him together with my music. So my music was the way that I, that I, uh, could show the world that I was of, I had something of value to offer mm. the world and I had something to, to say and to mm. give the world and that I wasn't just um, this monster that, uh, that I, I saw myself as and, you know, other children are very cruel when someone, when a child is different. And then again, in those days, no, nobody knew what it was. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, merging, him and bringing him back to life as a, as it were, in an opera uh, was uh, was just a, priv a privilege. And um, Jared Porter, who who plays the role of Oliver Sacks, really studied him. He's very young, so he didn't know him. Mm. Uh, he, he he. It's as if he knew him because he he channels him, and you, the people who knew Oliver are are. Astonished by wow. how it, it's like it really is like opera comes back to life in in my music and Arie's stunning libretto. Arie knew him too, so um, but I, I used to spend as much time with him as I could. You know, we we yeah. out to dinner and stuff and yeah, um, talk to him, and he was a, he was one it was one of the most well he was. It was an original. It was completely unique. Yeah, as a lot of well, and, and as you said, he may may not have necessarily characterized himself as an artist, but as a lot of artists are too, right? Creatives mm -hmm. and types. He was very creative. Yeah, and even even in his in his writings about about um, neurological phenomena and people. Mm -hmm. He he was very creative the way he described. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that, I feel that when it comes to people who are neurodivergent or that are wired differently in their in the neurology of the brain, it allows for a different synapse and creative process that we don't see in those that might be more neurotypical. And so you're speaking a lot to those references, in this case, Tourette's, uh, but just for relatability, I'm also autistic and uh, nonverbal. And so when you're speaking about creativity, self-expression, there's a lot to be said about that. And adding on to what you were just saying, what was the first time in your life as a child, as a teenager, that, or even before that, when you realized you had an artistic self-expression? Where did that root come from? What inspired what you were doing today? How did that be? How did that start? Um, I I think it, it, it was... It, to some extent, it was hereditary in my in my genes and my 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 cultural Jewish genes. And <laughs> my grandfather played the violin and the piano. My grandmother, everybody played the piano. And you know, in mm. the old days, having a piano 
you know, was was something that just it was it was part of you had a sofa, you had a piano, people <laughs> yeah, play. yeah. So, but but it was an artistic family, um, and, and musical. And my my parents were interested in 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 music and art and literature. That was okay. their really that was their religion. Um, we mm-hmm. were Jewish, but uh, they had they were they were. I grew up. It was environmental. I think the influence on uh, uh, the, the the spark that that uh, it, it, that uh, ignited ignited the flame of my creativity. And what they exposed they exposed me to art and 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 music at a very early age. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was what I knew, and I knew. The first music I knew was Kurt Vile. And I heard that, and you started composing when you were like eight or something like that. Correct? Yeah. yeah that's, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. What, what were you composing at eight years old? <laughs> piano pieces. Uh, yeah. I was on, on the piano. And, yeah. Um, I'd have well, concerts in the, in the uh, house and, I made programs for everyone. Yeah. Like <laughs> sister and brother, I think were forced to sit there too. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> but it was a creative. They were that my brothers an artist. My sister and brother are also artists. My mother was a wow, a, a fashion designer and an artist, a great painter. Oh, wow. Um, so when we when they would go on a vacation, we would. My sister also was a was a playwright and she's and she gave that up to for for painting but she was she was very interested in theater when she was young and um uh we she organized a, a show so that we would put on for them when they returned from vacation and mm. we would perform we would perform numbers from different shows but it was all structured the According to her plans, it's <laughs> really I, cute. Yeah, I, I sang, they came back from Nova Scotia or somewhere once, <laughs> and I remember I was maybe six, and I I sang I sang Ca- Casper's uh, aria from Among the Night Visitors about uh, this, this is my box and the, hmm. the last four licorice. I enjoy doing that. She played the violin. It was, it was you know, art. It was an artistic environment, and it, yeah. was, it, was, it was encouraged. So and appreciated. I so I really have to. I attribute it to, to my to my family's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you. If if you started at such a young age, have have you ever done anything else, or has this pretty much been your life? Has been composing has been music has been i have i done anything else yeah i'm just i'm just curious like it it just sounds like it you know it's that's it's kind of i guess my point is as well is it's maybe it's more and more rare these days that somebody chooses something or is attracted to something at such a young age and it sticks you know and i think that's becoming rare more and more rare 
being ill. Yeah. There wasn't any. I was interested in other things, but that was what I knew I had to do. It's amazing. My mother took me to a Leonard Bernstein Young People's Concert when I was nine. So I, when I was, in 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 at the New York Philharmonic as a little child, I knew I was. I felt like this is the world, my world. This was where I, I belonged. Mm-hmm. I felt at home, and and a feeling of frustration that I had to leave. I I couldn't stay. I just wanted to stay there. <laughs> it's sort of and I found my way back into into the symphony world, the chamber music world, and the opera. Yeah, world. yeah. And it almost, it sounds like, because you're talking about um, communication and, you know, not knowing what Tourette's was, um, it sounds to me almost like, like the expression of music. I mean, that's because there's, there's different ways of speaking. I feel like that, that is, that's maybe that was your way of speaking and thank God for that, right? Before maybe discovering more about Tourette's, perhaps. That, that, that sorry, that music was... That music was your your way of speaking, really, and communicating. Mm-hmm. I guess, it was. yeah, it was or is. <laughs> it is. I, um, I, I can say more through my music than I can say in any other way. Right. It communicates on a mm-hmm. deeper level than my my words. Yeah. It goes into it goes in, into in, into people's you know beings. Absolutely. Would you say that you have a core message that you like to always ensure that you're hoping to leave with other people when they hear your music, they hear your your composition, they hear your work? Is there any is there a thread or a through line that you like to plant and seed? Um, through you mean a, co- a common through line? Yeah, I think um, I uh, I would say that there's a there's a recurring theme of social justice in my in my work, mm. strong one every single opera. <laughs> Uh, and and um, human rights, mm-hmm. um, uh, so and and I guess social commentary too. In, ter- in terms of a, a, a political thread or thematic, mm-hmm. you know, a non-musical thread uh, going through it all, and. Um, but I, I, it's hard for me to to um, be you know be the critic that yeah describes the, my body of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> I think the through line, the through line is well. If you look at my work, there's a lot of there's a lot of of, of criticism of um, 
commonly accepted you know, of, of of things that that society does to 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 people who are who who can't who have no way of defending themselves sure especially american society yes <laughs> i did write one french opera uh um but that was that was also that also would describe that may i ask what what made you so passionate about that that you wanted it to become like a through something that was kind of i didn't apparent. even plan that way just every no. object i'm drawn to is can be connected in retrospect because it's just it's just the predilection that i have and again i i i probably was influenced by my my parents in that respect because my my father uh in the 30s and 40s and yeah and 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 my mother too they were they they cared about they cared about people who were less fortunate than mm. them and uh did not like what what uh, society um was was doing was doing to them when it was when it does when it does it to them and i don't either so um yeah now is that is that due to them being jewish i'm guessing just their mm-hmm. their i mean is that due to them being jewish was that from their experiences of of that because I, perhaps i, I yeah. think a strong connection between well it, it, the our people we we've been we've been persecuted for thousands of mm-hmm. years right and we were slaves right and so uh, that's why in, in the 40s 50s early 60s there was a strong bond between Jews and the civil rights movement yes on a, a closeness and identity and a commonality of purpose which i would i would like to just get back to because racism we are also victims of racism not in the same not because we're black but we are we are semites and we are jews and people mm-hmm. you know the american people and the american government did not want the european jews to come here when they were being exterminated by hitler it was mm-hmm. like just you know that's we shouldn't interfere let them you know so uh i still i still believe in you know in the goodness of, of americans and of of the country but uh, we've done some terrible things to people and yeah it, it modeled the nuremberg laws on the jim crow laws he looked at america as a model mm-hmm. yeah so yeah we do have a lot we do have a lot in common um so anyway mm-hmm. yeah i don't no. want to get political here and where no uh, we awakenings is not a is not a political <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> no but it's it's good to just know um 
we, we just like to get a little, obviously not just a little, but deeper <laughs> with our guests and really, you know, find out what makes them tick. And then therefore there's, you know, there's a lot of those common threads as to why, why you choose the projects you choose, um, on a much deeper level, obviously. Um, and also just the commonality between the three of us too. Right. And, you know, uh, hero and I are both grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. So we, we do talk about that sometimes in the show and just how that, um, plays a part in our lives with intergenerational trauma. Right. So, um, and that's a very real thing and with mental health. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Some stories are so profound, they transform the people who tell them. I'm Adam Langer, host of The Forward's new seven-part podcast series, Playing Anne Frank. I've been digging into library archives, interviewing actors and writers and designers to bring you a story that hasn't been told before. How the diary of Anne Frank changed the people who brought it to Broadway, Hollywood, and the rest of the world. You can listen to Playing Anne Frank wherever you get your podcasts. And it was only it wasn't very long ago. The Holocaust. I know. No. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Which right after. I mean, it, I was born nine years after it ended, so that's right. not. And my no. sister was born in the last year, nineteen forty-five. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. So my my mother my mother's family uh, lived in Berlin until nineteen thirty-three. They left. They left. My grandfather saw the. He's. He went to a rally, a Hitler rally, and he. Yeah. He thought this is not. A place for a rabbi's son, anymore to live. Wow. And he also saw that Einstein left in thirty-two, and he worshipped Einstein. He thought Einstein. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he's. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they got out. They got out. It wasn't. They had some difficulties, but they got out early. But uh, wow. yeah, uh, it was still. It was. It was getting bad. bad. Um, but they were very. You know, yeah, that the foresight. Yeah, they felt something and mm-hmm. went with that. That's that is amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, back to, back to awakenings, because we'll kind of, as we, you know, start to close our conversation, we do want to have you talk a bit more about it. And um, maybe I know that there's a premiere happening in Boston, but where, where do you plan on moving it from there? Um, We just, we hope that other (laughs) companies around the country are going to be interested in taking it. This is the second second time it was premiered in St. Louis in June and now, okay. and now it's the East Coast premiere. So we we um we have faith that it will that other companies will will see the merit in in doing it because yeah. it's um it, it, it's so moving and it and it it really is a timeless it's a timeless piece and time and timely actually and it's about people awakening from a pandemic, and yes, we are. That's what we're doing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Very much so. Yeah. There are parallels. Absolutely, and also when you talk about the threads of the LGBTQ plus 
you know, um, th- storyline there too. Right. So that's also very timely, I think too, um, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I had not written any, I had not had any g- uh, gay characters in my operas before. Oh, wow. Yeah. Address that. My our new opera is is uh, is called Lily Elba, and it's based on the one of the first transgender uh, yeah. affirmation surgery people who mm-hmm. was a painter named Lily Elba, and and uh, they they made a movie about her called The Danish Girl. I yes, I saw that. That was amazing. With Eddie Red- Redmayne? Is that that one? Yeah, yes, uh, yes. I wrote this opera for Lucia Lucas, who's a great uh, transgender female baritone, great, wow. great opera singer. So it's written for her to play Lily Elba, and that will premiere in Switzerland later this year. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Okay, so that just answered my question as to what's coming next for you. Yeah, it's, it's the first trans trans opera pre, opera it's the first grand opera about a trans person written, composed for a trans opera singer wow that's insane and so needed and i hope it's only the beginning of that kind of movement for the representation and the diversity the more and more trans, trans opera singers coming out she's very she's a very uh vocal advocate Oh. You could look her up, Lucia Lucas. She's there's actually a film about her. I that I was in was I I was I ran an opera company in in Tulsa uh, for six years, and I brought her there for her America debut, and she was the first trans woman to ever sing on the operatic stage in America. She's oh, wow. presenting both masculine and feminine in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And wow, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. So. Yeah, she, they did, a, some filmmakers made a film called The Sound of Identity, and it's won a lot of awards, oh, and it's been, it's been familiar. every continent in, on the planet now. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank, thank you so much for all that you're doing, not just for the creative community, but for humanity, it sounds like, so... No, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, in my, yeah, I know that sounds grandiose, but it's my small way. I'm trying yeah. to do, do what I, I feel is my responsibility, and and you know, as a as a good human being, as a good Jew, right? Yes, right. absolutely. One thing that I'm curious to ask as well is what are, you've spoken to some of these, so maybe it might be a repeat of an answer, but maybe there's something uh, different. What are you hopeful or hope to leave if you haven't already? What do you wish to leave um, society and humanity with as a composer, as an artist? What do you want people to remember you by in the work you've done or the work you are in the process of continuing to do? What do I want to be remembered for? Mm-hmm. And that can also mean in work that you've already completed and that you've brought out um, the intentions that you wanted to do, hopefully for people to receive different pieces of work you've done. I, I, I'd like my music to be... To survive me and and 
uh, I don't to be remembered myself. I, I want the music to be to be remembered and carried forward. Um, and I want it to continue to to move move people's hearts and minds. And I want it's the, the power of of that of the music and um, and these subjects to to continue to reach people reach into their souls absolutely yeah beautiful that's is well said is there anything else you want to leave people with other than that those i mean that's that's pretty good <laughs> um uh well I think that the, the one of the lessons of, of awakenings is is that er, er, everyone ha, is grappling with something. I think it's very important that that we realize that we all realize that everyone is grappling with some some issue or another or problem, some problem or another that they're responsible that they didn't they didn't bring on themselves. Of course, we do bring on some of our own problems, but we make mistakes. But everyone's grappling with something that that life dealt them to, as a challenge that they have yeah. to mm-hmm. that we have to overcome and find find reason a reason to go on and happiness uh, in in life, even with even with affliction, even with adversity, and even with being different mm-hmm. because yeah. I mean, everybody is different and has different different issues and problems everyone everyone eventually suffers right yes and everyone eventually yes. at some point knows happiness and joy these people in awakenings they they knew it and they're they're also a metaphor for life they they came to life and then they had to. Then they then they went back. We come to life, and then we go back into the great cycle of, of life. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, I'm gonna go. I I need to go and actually read Oliver Sacks's. Uh, would you call it a memoir or not really a memoir? I guess it's more like case studies, sort of. Case studies, but yeah, he's yeah, part of it because he was he was performing. These um, he he was experimenting to get the the best yeah. result to to awaken awaken the people. It's yeah. not very really autobiographical. The autobiography was written in two thousand fifteen, and it's called "On the Move." Mm, okay, I, I need to do like, some more reading. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's my that's my homework for sure. Um, I can't wait until you perhaps um, premiere something on the West Coast, and even if it's in the states, even if it's in California, I might I might come down uh, that have, direction. I have many premieres in California, but it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> three of my operas were premiered in San Diego, San Francisco, LA. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's been a while. I, or I Canada. Canada, <laughs> we were at a premiere. 
No. 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 Yeah. Not very American. Many American composers get done in Canada. Was uh, Canadians are very good about taking uh, care of composers. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Fair. That's interesting. Well, um, I'm going to keep following you. So uh, I just very much thank you for your time, Tobias. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure. And thank you for joining us, even though you're kind of on the road. Um, hope you have a good sleep. It's all uh, good. We we really do appreciate your time mm-hmm. and your vulnerable sharing. And uh, we look forward to seeing the continuation of your projects and your continued success. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Being both. Hope you as well. Both. You too. See Take you. care now. I would love that. Yes. I'm Have a wonderful... Sorry, say that again. Come to Boston and see Awakenings. Oh yes, I've yes. To go to Boston. So. Oh my gosh! If I if I had a I don't know somebody I knew a husband like uh, who was a pilot for you know <laughs> just jump on the next plane as in a as a buddy pass you know like a free pass yeah. just to <laughs> fly down there whenever I want. Um, <laughs> I've never been to Boston, but that's another story. Um, one day, yeah, yeah. So yeah, folks, go go see Awakenings if you can. Um, I'm gonna get this out prior to that, prior to the premiere and um, all the best, Tobias. Thank you again. Thank you, Rachel. And, and thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Tobias. See you later. Thank you. Bye.